Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. How many of you guys are envisioning things happening out of the norm? Because that's what people of faith do. That's one of the characteristics of people of faith. You don't see with your eyes. You see with what God has put inside your heart. And sometimes it may be a little fearful to even believe that some of these things will come to pass. But that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. So tell the person close to you. Tell them always believe every dream God puts in your heart. No matter how impossible it seems, with God we're going to reach it. Amen. Open your Bibles. First Samuel chapter 3. We're going to read there quite a bit. I want to share with you something that God laid in my heart this week. And I titled it, The Search is On or The Search Continues. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Amazing story. This story really tugs at my heart and pushes me to be a better servant, closer to God every single day. Amen. And I pray that it does the same thing to you. Is everybody there with me? If not... You can read the screens. Please bring your Bibles to church. I know we say this time and time again, but if you're a believer, don't just settle for the screens because God something sp- speaks to you, right? And you're not going to memorize what God speaks to you, but if you have paper and pencil and you have a Bible, you could underline it and you could, you know, later on at night, look at it before you go to sleep or in your devotional time. It's always good to have the Word of God. Amen? So it says, Now the boy Samuel minister to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, a lot of things happening here, and we're going to get to that, that the Lord called Samuel. All that to get to that. (laughs) That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. He answered what, church? Here I am. I want to speak to you today because God, here in the story that we're reading, he finds someone. And the reason why he finds someone and calls someone is because this young boy would minister to God. I just want to tell you that God is searching for people that will minister to God. And let me just back up and tell you a little bit of the story. You guys have, I'm sure, heard the story of young Samuel. His parents couldn't have kids. Hannah was barren. She couldn't have kids. And you guys know the story how her counterpart did have a child and she would always tease her and tell her, look, I have a child. You don't. uh." And then she would make her life impossible. And it got to a point where she got so upset that she cried out to God in the temple. She said, God, if you just give me one son, if you give me one son and you give me that opportunity to be a mother, which is the biggest blessing a woman can have, I want to be a mother, then I will give that son that you give to me back to you. How many of you guys are asking God for stuff, anything specific? Raise your hand, anything, anything. Now, when one receives it for God, most people, what they do is they give God praise and they enjoy their blessing. But it takes sacrifice to say, God, what you're going to give me, I'm going to give back to you. And that's exactly what happened. The high priest, which was the top priest back then, his name was Eli. He was one of the sons of Aaron. 
And this guy, when he saw the woman, I mean, just broken, broken, broken. She was crying. He thought she was drunk. And she's like, woman, you know, take your hangover somewhere else, not in the house of God. But she's like, no, no, I'm not hungover. I'm not drunk. I just need God to listen to me. And I'm crying out to God for him to give me a son to take away the shame. So God heard her. And the priest told her, well, let it be according to your faith, according to what you ask God. Let it be so. And the Bible says that, well, not right then and there. You know, they had to do something in the physical. But she got pregnant. And she had a baby. And she raised that baby. And once the baby was done breastfeeding, she brought the baby just like she promised God and brought him to the temple. Imagine, it's like God gives you a baby that you really wanted. For those that are women here, guys, don't look at me weird. This is for the ladies. So God gives you this baby that you really wanted. You bring it to the house of God when he turns two. And you tell the pastor, I'm giving him to God. And you turn your way. And he just sleeps in the church. I mean, weird, right? But this is exactly what happened. So the Bible says that, and according to the customs back then, that the priest, the high priest, this is something that would pass from generation to generation among the Levites. Eli was the priest or the high priest. His sons, the day of tomorrow, would be the high priest. You can qualify for that. You can send an application or your resume. It could be so impressive, your resume, but still you couldn't get in. It has to be from generation to generation. But there was something special about this young man. First of all, how he came to be. It came out of a need. And God gave her what she wanted. And this young man started growing up in the temple. Now, the high priest, he would minister in the presence of God. And this is something that just a high priest would do. But Samuel was such a special guy that he desired to be in the presence of God. I wonder if there's any people here that are that type of people that love to be in the presence of God. There used to be a whole bunch of Old Testament rites that the high priest had to do when people would bring their offerings once a year. There was a whole bunch of things. But the Bible says that this guy, Samuel, he would do all these things along with the high priest, Eli. He was kind of adopted by the high priest. And I love it here because it starts saying in verse 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. I wonder what it meant to minister to the Lord. I don't think that he had an instrument and he played to God. I think that he would just, he would serve in whatever capacity was needed. He was always willing. He grew up in the temple. He knew he was a miracle of God. And surely God must have a purpose for my life. He must have thought. Let me tell you something. You are this generation, Samuel. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose why he chose you, why he saved you, why he rescued you, why he planted you here in JTP. And it's because he wants you to minister to him. He wants you to be a servant of his. And this guy, I don't know how old he is. It says that he was just a boy, but he would minister to the Lord before Eli, before the high priest. Now, back then, it says that God's speaking was rare. Now, it wasn't because God was on vacation during that period of time. There were very few people that would minister to God. Because God is constantly seeking people that would serve him. Constantly looking for people that would obey him, that would seek him in the secret place. But during this generation, and we're going to get to that, Eli wasn't that good of a high priest. He wasn't seeking God the way he should. He was doing some things that had God really upset and because of that, you know, it says that God speaking was rare. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. And it says that there was no widespread revelation. There wasn't a strong prophet that would seek God and would speak unto the people. And then 
let God's word or God's direction be known. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that in my family, right, there always be a voice of God that would lead my family to know God. That in our church, there would be a voice of God that will come. That in our city, in our generation, there will be a voice of God letting us know what we should be doing and what direction we should be pointing. Amen? But that wasn't the case here. It was really, really sad. The high priest Eli had made all of this a religious service, and it was just going through the motions, going through the motions. But thank God there was a young Samuel. The Bible says that Eli was a high priest, and not only was he a high priest, he was also one of the judges of Israel. Once Samson, how many of you guys remember Samson? Once Samson died, then he also wore that hat. He was also the judge of Israel during that time, and he was a kind man. Everybody say he was a good man. He would always be encouraging. I could picture Eli always, you know, being good to people, but he lacked character to discipline his children who were running around doing all sorts of crazy things. I want to just show you a few. If you want to read a little bit more into this, you can read the first three chapters of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2. If you could help me, I'm going to give you some sporadic verses, so I'm going to challenge you, Alondra, today. 1 Samuel 2.12 says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. How were they? They were the sons of the pastor or the son of the apostle. They were up to no good. They did not know the Lord. Now, wait a second. His dad was the apostle. His dad was the high priest. And his children were do all these things that priests do. But they did not know God. You know that you could come to church and not know God? You could even memorize scriptures and be headstrong with respect to the word. But if it doesn't get from your head to here, you cannot know God. And that's what God doesn't want to happen to you. He wants you to know him personally. And unfortunately, these kids... They didn't take the same direction as their father did, and they did not know the Lord. Now, go to verse 17. It says, Therefore, the sin of the young men were very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. So these guys hated the offering of the Lord. Now, skip to verse 22, and we're going to read 22, 23, and 24. It gets to the point where Eli, the high priest, now is very, very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel and how they laid with the woman. Y'all know what laid means, right? All right. And how they lay with the woman who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meaning. These kids, they would sleep. They would come to church to see what girls they could sleep with. 33. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. And verse 24 says, no, my sons. For it is not a good report that I hear you make the Lord's people transgress. He was really soft with them. He wouldn't correct his children. And God started telling him, if you don't correct your children, and if you don't put order in the things of God, then something's going to happen. And God later sends a prophet when he didn't do anything about it. And this is part of what the prophet said. There's a lot more, but because of time, I've shortened it. But any of your men, he's talking to Eli, the prophet is talking to Eli, any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart. And all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. There's another part that says, look, not one descendant of your house will live a long life. They're all going to die young in their prime because he did not correct his children like he was supposed to. Now, this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day, they shall both die, both of them. 
And 35 says, then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. Tell the person next to you, it's not about what's in your heart and your mind. It's about what's in God's heart and in God's mind. That's why you got to spend time picking God's mind and picking God's heart. And he says, I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. Guess who that priest is? It turned out, right, he's just a little boy right now when we're starting to read. But that's the plan that God had. It should have been Eli's sons. They, they were supposed to take on the mantle. They were supposed to be the next high priest. They were supposed to be the people that all of Israel would look after when it came to pleasing God. They were the people in charge spiritually of all of Israel. But because they didn't step up to the plate and they despised God's offering and they would do wicked things, God cast them out. And now he chooses this young boy. Another thing I want to point out here in the first verses that we read earlier is that it says that Eli's eyes had began to grow dim, so grim that he could not see. Uh, I think this is the case because he was older. I think that as he got older, he couldn't see as well, but it's also an indication, a representation of what was happening spiritually for not leading God's way during his 40 years of service. His eyes were growing dim and he couldn't see. There was no revelation. God wouldn't speak to this guy anymore. And right before all hope for Israel vanished and the lamp of God would go out, God found a pursuer. I pray that tonight that in your family, that in your life, God would find a pursuer, somebody that he could connect to, to share what's in his heart. Amen. And the Bible says that he found someone. A God chaser. He found a pursuer and he called out to Samuel. God is searching for people that would minister to him. Not just here in church, but would minister in your private time with God. And call out to him in the middle of the night. And the second thing that I want to talk to you is that God finds someone who would answer his call. He didn't just find someone that in a moment of intense emotion, and he verbally, they raised their hand, they came to an altar car, and they said, here I am. It was more than that. He found someone that would answer his call with action. Everybody say, it's all about action. There's a lot of people that speak a good game, right? But if you're going to talk the talk, God wants to see if you could walk the walk. Because sometimes we can be like, here I am, Lord, but how much of me do you really want? Can I be real? Or, Lord, I got a life, you know. How much of me do you require? I am willing, but with conditions. And we condition our service. Or we say, use me, Lord, use me. Here I am. Here's my schedule of availability. <laughs> I'm down, Lord, but, you know, I got this girl on the side, Jesus. Can I hang with you and then with this girl on the side? You know, can we? The Bible says that he found a young man that said unconditionally, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm ready. And God called out to him. I really think that Samuel was waiting for this call. He never had heard the voice of God. He probably had heard a lot from Eli about stories from the past. Keep in mind, Eli's father was Aaron. And he must have heard all the stories of Egypt and the manna and the cloud and the, you know, the fire column and all these amazing things. And, water coming out of a rock. I mean, all these crazy things. But now he's wanting his own experience with God. 
He's never heard the voice of God. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I hear people say that God speaks to them and, and that God told them to do this. And, and you're like, God's never, I haven't heard a peep. But there's going to come a time when you're ministering to God and when you're in the right place and when you're seeking him and you have the right heart and your passion is in the house of God. And being able to extend salvation to the people that don't know Christ and, and wanting to serve God, that there will come a point where God will wake you up and say, hey, it's me. And this is exactly what happened. In verse number two, it says, just to recap, and then we'll continue on. I'm in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was laying down, notice that it, doesn't say that he was sleeping, he was laying down, he was ministering to God, maybe meditating and saying, wow, sometimes the apostle shares when he was a kid that he would always ask God that he wanted to see an angel. You guys have heard that story? I want to see an angel, I want to see an angel. And it's funny because one day he had a really bad headache. He was doing like a three or four day fast and he had a really bad headache and he started praying to God and saying, God, I don't want to break my fast. God, remove this headache. And he felt like somebody just literally, like a hand came like this and just grabbed the headache and just, it disappeared instantly. It wasn't progressively. It was instantly. It was something supernatural. And then right after that happened, he was like praying in his room in the dark. And all of a sudden he's like, what in the world happened? And his mom comes in, my grandma the one that God healed of cancer. And she comes in and she says, God just set you free from your headache. And he's like, okay, this is getting weirder. How do you know? And she says, an angel just came into my room and told me. And he was like, why didn't he come tell me? <laughs> I've been praying for this. Well, later on in life, through other different circumstances that I do not want to share because I'm involved, he finally did see an angel. I could imagine that young Samuel was this type of person, he wanted to see the God that he had heard from, the God of Moses, the God of Aaron. I want to see it for myself. I don't know if there's people here that are tired of hearing secondhand stories from people that have seen the glory of God and say, I want to see the glory of God myself. I want to see the power of God moving in my HOB. I want to see the power of God saving people from my family. I want to see the power of God in my school flowing through my gifts. And that's probably what Samuel was just laying down there saying, Oh, God, I wonder what's going to be on my future. I'm just a kid, but I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not a priest. Who knows what kind of things were running through his head. And the Bible says that while he's laying down, the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So this is what happened. Since he did not know the voice of God, he thought it was Eli calling him, the high priest. So it says, he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. And he said, I didn't call. Go, go to sleep, boy. That's my translation. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again for a second time. And he said, Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and he said, here I am. For you called me. And he said, I didn't call, boy. Let me sleep. Lie down again. Now, notice what it says here in parentheses. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. I'm praying that there's people here that are relentless ministers of God. Maybe you haven't had an experience with God, a close experience. Let me tell you, if you seek him, you will find him. 
Sometimes we get all emotional and we, on a day like today, on a preaching like today, we, we get home and we want to pray and say, God, and maybe it's not going to happen until next year or six months from now. But if you endure and if you prevail and if your desire is to seek God and to know him and you know that he's real and you know that he's called you, if you persevere, there's going to come a day where he's going to call out to you and it's not going to be long. And here he comes. He's, he says, here I am. And then since he didn't know that it was the Lord, he thought it was Eli. And it says, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he did the same thing. He arose and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, for you did call me. And then Eli finally, he understood and he perceived that the Lord was the one who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, he told him, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you again that you must answer, speak Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And this time Samuel answered and said, speak for your servant hears. Pay close attention to verse 11 when it says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Another version says it's going to shock them. It was like God telling him, look, because you are the only one here that I find that are willing to listen and take time to have a conversation with me and get to know me. I have something that I need to tell you. I believe that right now, 2017, December 10, God has a bunch of things in his heart that he's dying to tell some of us. He's dying for your ear to be tuned into him, but because we're so distracted, it never gets sent. How many of you guys ever had a text message and you typed it out and everything and, oh, the light turned green and so you put your phone down and you thought you sent it and then a week came past and you say, no, no, but I sent you the text. And then when you go, you never hit send. Ever happened to you? And sometimes we're like that and it's just that you didn't connect. You didn't connect. And sometimes we don't connect to God. So that message that was there, that was written before the creation of the universe for you to follow, instructions for you to, to manifest the glory of God in your surroundings, never got sent because you didn't have time to connect with God. But here's a boy that he connected with God. And even he was of young age, he wasn't even meant to be because he wasn't second in line. He wasn't the son of Eli. But God saw something in someone. And you know what? It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. When God chooses you and you answer the call, God is going to use you to revolutionize all your atmosphere, your surroundings, through his grace, through his power. Is there anybody here that's willing to see that manifest over your life? Amen. Well, Samuel sure did. And God is looking for some modern-day Samuels that will minister to the Lord and get his attention. And to those, he will say, I'm about to do something shocking in your family. I'm about to show you how I will use you for my glory. Or perhaps he will say, I'm about to show you how to overcome that addiction that has you bound. I'm about to show you how I will use you to carry the gospel to thousands. So Samuel can't sleep a wink. I mean, can you blame him? Would you sleep if God spoke to you? It's like, Jesus. I'm a very forgetful person. Sometimes I'll have a meeting with somebody. I will remember like 5% of what we spoke. And I totally forget. It's bittersweet. Sometimes it works to my advantage. Sometimes it doesn't work to my advantage. But I could imagine that if God was the one who spoke, Samuel must have been on his toes. He must have written everything down. 
And imagine, it just shook him. And it says that the Bible says that Samuel couldn't sleep a wink. And he just laid there meditating about everything that just happened. And in the morning, first thing in the morning, Eli wakes up and asks him to tell him everything that God spoke to him. And he did. In verse 18, it says, Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what he seems good. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Who would have known? He barely even was born because his mom was barren. And some of you guys have stories that you sometimes, instead of thinking that you're the kind of person that God could use to show his glory and to testify about what an incredible story you are, we start thinking, man, God could never use me. What is God going to be able to use in me? Or what can God use me in? Or how? But... He believed God, and in such a young age, he would minister to God. I'm praying that there will be some Samuels in this generation that would stand up and start to seek God and seek his presence and just minister to the Lord when nobody's looking, right? And then take that glory that God shows you in your room when, you're, when your room is filled with the glory of God and it's so rich that you could almost, it's almost palpable that you could bring that glory and here as you're serving as an usher or as you're serving as an audio engineer, or you're serving as a Sunday school teacher or a worship leader or whatever you are, that the glory of God will manifest and touch all the people that you touch through your giftings and talents. God told them, I am about to do something new. Let me tell you something. God is about to do new things and he wants to communicate them. He's not going to do them until he finds somebody that will first listen to the instructions of what God wants to do. And let me tell you, what God told Samuel wasn't really nice. It was, tell Eli that because he didn't listen to my voice, all of his lineage was going to be cut off. No one in his family was ever going to live to an old age. They were all going to die at their prime. What God had promised his generation and his family that they were going to be high priests from generation to generation, it was going to get cut off. And his two kids were going to die. And he told them specifically how they were going to die. And that prophecy also came to pass. I mean, just, I could imagine little Samuel, I don't know how old he was, but now God tells him this. And now he has to tell the guy that's like his stepfather, I mean, his adopted father, everything that God just told him. You're going to die, by the way, you know, and your kids too. And you never, I mean, it was, it was tough. Since he was a little boy, he was always obedient to God. And I want to finish off with this verse in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. This is something that has been running around my mind for the past couple of weeks. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And I've been applying it to a lot of different areas of my life. It says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you left your first love. And he's talking to a church. He's writing to a church. You left your first love, that, that love that you had for God at the beginning when you came and, and you were so grateful and he pardoned all your sins and he forgave you and he restored you and he gave you an identity like somebody testified this morning and he took all your shame away and all your guilt and he set you up in high places. But God comes and because sometimes we can get so caught up in life that you take certain things for granted. The joy of the salvation of the Lord, I mean, it's not enough for you anymore. 
So God is telling this church, I have this against you that you have left your first love. And then he says, remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. In other words, go back to that that you had and that, that fire that you had inside of you. If you realize that it's not there anymore and that you've went down a notch instead of going up a notch, you know what? Repent from that and make sure you get back. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. And then once again, he gives another way out, unless you repent. And I believe that God is calling people here and probably telling them, look, remember how far you've fallen. You know, I was paying attention to this verse and just putting mind to it. Because if you were to fall from a third-story building, from the roof of a three-story building, would you remember that fall for the rest of your life? Uh, I don't know about you. I would. I mean, if I jump off this platform and I fall, tomorrow I'll probably forget about that fall. But if I fall from a three-story building, if I live to tell the story, I'll remember that. And I'll probably have scars to prove it and a cast for a long time. Remember from what heights you have fallen. How could it be that they don't remember how far they have fallen? And the reason is because it's a steady fall. If, if you fall steady, it's not so obvious. If it's not from one day to the other, or, oh, I jumped off the building, and from one second to the other I was here, and now I'm there crying, and 20 minutes later in the hospital. But if it was during the course of a year that I was on fire for God, and slowly I fell. Maybe God is telling some people here, remember when you would cry, when you would worship? Remember when the Holy Spirit would, you would be in worship, you, you wouldn't care what was going on, and you were dying to get to church because you honored God and you knew that worship was a way to get connected to Him? Remember when, when you would worship God and you would cry? Remember from what great heights you've fallen? Or remember when you would call on God for him to use you in whatever capacity because you just wanted to serve God. Remember when you wouldn't complain of serving and you were so grateful just to be considered by God to serve him. Just to have God trust you with something, even if it is cleaning a bathroom. But God, it's just a privilege doing it for you. You remember from what great heights we've fallen. Remember when you wouldn't complain of serving and you were so grateful just to have been called. And God, I get to serve you. It's such a privilege. We complain and sometimes we're here one Sunday and, and God's telling us because he's still looking for a generation of Samuels. He's still looking for people that would stand up and say, God, I'm ready. Here I am. And, and let me tell you, it's not late. It's not too late. But God is saying, and when he tells church in Revelations, he's saying, look, Remember, remember how far you've fallen? Remember where you were? And sometimes it's not until you hit the ground that you say, wow. And maybe that day is today that God is showing you, wow, I used to be so involved. I used to love God. I used to talk to every single person that crossed my path about Jesus. I used to wait for every single free moment that I had to worship God. And now I'm more interested in checking what other people are doing on Instagram. And then I say, I don't have time. I use an excuse, I don't have time. And God is saying, remember? Remember from what heights you've fallen? And then he gives a way out and he says, repent. Turn it around. 
and do the first works. Get back to where it was. I want to be able to give you an opportunity to answer to God because I think that that's what God wants to do today. God's tugging at people's hearts because he still has plans for your family. God has not forgotten about your crazy uncle. <laughs> He's not forgotten about the vision that he gave you. Hello? You know who you are. God has not forgotten of what he's shown you and what your parents, some of your parents who have been coming to this church for so long have declared over your life, what prophets, what, what God himself through his word has spoken to your heart about using you, about lifting up a generation that will worship God, about turning young people, middle-aged people, senior citizens, kids, to be people of God. And God is saying, look, remember from what heights you've fallen. And if it is that you've fallen, it's time, my son, to get up. And it's time to start serving God. And it's time to enter into the secret place where the ark of God was. Look, nobody was supposed to enter there. Not even the, not even the priest. I mean, this is so exclusive. But yet, Samuel had something about him that God just let him get away with stuff. Because he desired God at a level where others wouldn't desire. We don't read between the lines, but I'm sure they didn't have Xbox back then. They wouldn't have video games, but I'm sure kids would play and do stuff. And while other kids were doing other stuff and playing soccer or playing whatever they played back then, this guy was in the secret place by the Ark of the Covenant ministering to God. Day after day, Day after day, day after day, day after day, until one day God saw it and called him. The Bible says that one day God will come for us and that when he comes that we will be ready, we will be vigilant, we will be velando is the word that it uses in Spanish, right? Watching, being watchful. And I ask you, you know, how's your ministering to God situation going? Don't talk to me about here inside church. I'm talking about your secret life, your private life. And when you lay down in bed, what's the last thought on your mind? Is it God's dreams, what he wants to do through you? God, connect me with my prophetic destiny. Connect me with what you want to do. God, I'm here. I'm open. Speak to me. Here I am. And God is looking for Samuels today that would be able to say and tell God, here I am. Not just verbally, with, with action and then when God says all right you say I can count on you I'm ready to use you are you ready there's another verse and I don't have time to get into this and I don't want to extend this too much I want to do the calling right away but the Bible says that during all of Samuel's life there was peace in Israel during all his life as long as he lived there was peace in Israel isn't that amazing? God will promise that as long as you minister to God and you're open to follow his instructions to the T, there will be peace in your home. There will be salvation in your family. There will be healing. There will be health. There will be prosperity in Jesus' name. How many of you believe it? Samuel was the prophet that later anointed the first king of Israel, Saul. And he was the one who later anointed King David as well. I mean, God used this man in such an incredible way. And you know what? That's very pretty. That's very nice on, you know, on paper. But I want here to tell you that there's still stories that are being written. Your story and my story. 
and your children are going to be reading your story. And what are you going to be able to tell them? When your grandchildren come, what are you going to be able to tell them? No, you know what I mean? Decent amount of money. You know, I left a nice financial foundation for you. That's very pretty. A lot of people do that. But what about the anointing? What about the calling? What about what God has called you for? What about connecting with what God is still trying to get your attention to tell you from heaven? But because you're not ministering to him, there's no connection. And how many words have been just voided in heaven because there weren't people on earth that would take time to listen to it? But God is still here today with his arms extended saying, repent and do the first works. Stand on your feet, JTP Church. Repent and do the first works.